0: Oh, amen. I forgot my Bible. Can you bring me my Bible? Would you do that? Uh, just I'm gonna start talking and just bring it to me as you as you go. Um, uh, to, just for a couple of minutes, I, w- I want to just think about decisions uh, that we have to make because because as we walk the the path of life, we we have to um, uh, make a lot of decisions. I, I did a little bit of research on this, and, and this is kind of an interesting thing uh, that happens. Um, uh, uh well make a guess how many how many choices how many decisions do you think on average we make in a a day Uh, just make a guess don't go to google and look just make a guess how many choices how many decisions do you think we make through the course of a day I, i did a little bit of research on that what's that 3,500? Not even close. 35,000 decisions in a day. Now, for kids, actually, it's closer to about 5,000. But for adults, right, on average, the average adult makes 35,000 choices, decisions a day. That, that's an intentional, conscious decision, right? Um, uh, not the, like, internal, unconscious, like, my heart's going to keep beating and my brain's going to keep working. Not even all those decisions. These are just intentional, conscious decisions. Thirty-five. 5000 a day. Anybody else tired and exhausted just thinking about that number? I'm tired. Yeah, everybody in the room, uh, that the few that are here are tired and exhausted just listening to that. If you break that down, it goes like this. That's 2187 decisions an hour, right? If you take out the uh, the 8 hours of sleep that we're supposed to get and and, and you just kind of take that out of the 24-hour day, 2187 decisions an hour. That's 24 decisions a minute every 60 seconds you're making 24 decisions uh, about which path uh, which road which way you're going to choose in other words um, just about every three seconds (laughs) you're going to be making a decision a choice Uh, We face a lot of decisions and a lot of choices as we walk through the course of life. And so today, we're we're thinking about the path that we're on, and and we're going to be thinking about the obstacles that we face. Um, We're going to be thinking about the different forks in the road that we face. Uh, We're going to be thinking about uh, those decisions that we have to make every three seconds those decisions. So so just see this, right? As we think about our path as adults, um, uh, we might say that we make a lot of good choices. I mean, if you think about it, right, 24 decisions um, in the course of a minute, uh, let's just say that we make 23 good choices in the course of a minute. Right? I, I don't think that we celebrate our good choices and our good decisions enough. And so, so this morning, right, just to give ourselves a little bit of freedom, to pat ourselves on the back and say, I made a good choice. I made a good decision. And, and that uh, we, we need to just celebrate those moments in our lives, right? that, that we actually make some good decisions. But we're also wrestling with how sometimes we don't make good decisions and how sometimes that one decision that wasn't good gets us into all kinds of trouble. And so Psalm 25 is actually going to talk about that. David, King David writes Psalm 25, and he's going to talk about moments where he doesn't make a good choice and it puts him on a bad path. Psalm 25 also talks about those different obstacles uh, that are in his path, those obstacles that are in his way, and, and, and what in the world to do in those moments. And he also kind of mentions those fork in the road moments uh, that where all of a sudden there's a a level of confusion or unsureness or uncertainty about which path to be taking. And so Psalm 25 is really very uh, helpful, but also very challenging for us as we consider the path that we are on. So uh, I want to get into it here, the, the, and the first thing that we're going to talk about is is kind of those obstacles. This is Psalm twenty-five verses two and nineteen, uh, verse two uh, and and verse nineteen. Psalm twenty-five verse two, it says this: Let me not be put to shame; let not my enemies exalt over me. And then uh, chapter two, verse 19 says this, consider how many are my foes and with what violent hatred they hate me. So, so King David here is just being honest and being real that he's got enemies. And, and and we just look at the, how many are my foes? So not just one, but he's got a lot of enemies. He's got a lot of obstacles in his path. And, And these guys don't just like kind of sort of dislike him a little bit? No, no. They hate him with a violent hatred. Um, it, those verses earlier, really right? Verse 2, uh, they are probably speaking ill of him to, to the people around him, right? They're, they're, they're spreading rumors about him uh, that I would create some level of shame for him. They're trying to be better than him and exalt over him, right? Uh, so, so David has all kinds of enemies, and enemies are, are essentially outside obstacles that make our path very difficult, When we face enemies or outside obstacles, we often kind of wonder, am I on the right path? Is this the right path for me? Um, Enemies and outside obstacles uh, end up creating some kind of fear. Um, Some kind of confusion, some kind of uncertainty for what the next step is, right? Because if there's this obstacle in front of me, maybe I shouldn't be on this path. And, And then we get a little bit nervous or a little bit fearful about taking another step. Um, Sometimes when there's enemies or outside obstacles in front of us, uh, we have this desire to go back, (laughs) to go back the other direction and maybe undo or try to fix the stuff that is broken um, and and make it better. We have a desire to be on a different path. Uh, King David's honest that sometimes in life, on our path, we have these enemies, these outside obstacles that make us wonder, am I on the right path? Um, Psalm 25 also kind of talks about like a pile of troubles, a pile of troubles. This is verses uh, 16 to 18. uh, Psalm 25, verses 16 to 18. He says this For I am lonely and afflicted. The troubles of my heart are enlarged. Bring me out of my distresses. Consider my affliction and my trouble and forgive all my sins. So uh, what we see here, right, is that there's pile, uh, there's trouble on top of trouble on top of trouble on top of trouble, there's this pile of troubles, right? We see um, uh, he's afflicted, right? That means that he is uh, weak and poor. He feels like he doesn't have anything to offer, really. Uh, He's got troubles. Uh, That's kind of a broad word that that maybe means uh, he's got things that annoy him or things that upset him or things that leave him confused, um, uh, and and he talks about how those troubles are enlarged, right? They're not getting smaller. They're getting bigger uh, before they're getting smaller. Uh, he's got distresses. He's got affliction again. He's got more trouble, right? That that other, that other word for trouble there, interesting, is a word for toil or mischief. Uh, so it's kind of this deal where he's he's doing something. He realizes while he's doing it that it's not good and that it's leading to a bad place or a bad thing. So, so he's just has this pile of troubles, uh, obstacle after obstacle after obstacle, and, and sometimes when we have these, pile, these troubles pile on top of each other, <laughs> we begin to wonder, am I on the right path? Is this where I should be? Uh, I did a little bit of research on this, uh, just because I was interested. Um, uh, Sometimes uh, decision fatigue happens. Uh, Sometimes decision fatigue is is when those, um, those troubles pile on top of each other. And, uh, and it kind of immobilizes us we, we aren't quite sure what to do because there's so many decisions in front of us there's so many problems in front of us to solve that it just kind of immobilizes us uh, another way to talk about decision fatigue is, is to simply say that the quality of your decisions goes down the more decisions you have to make in a short amount of time right so so in other words um, uh, you know uh, go back to the numbers right 24 decisions in a minute let's just say you make 24 decisions in 30 seconds that means that probably decision number 25 is not gonna be quite so good and decision number 26 is gonna be just bad 27 is gonna be worse and 28 is gonna just don't even just just don't even bother right kind of deal so so the more decisions you have to make in a short amount of time the worse your decision making is gonna be that's decision fatigue trouble after trouble after trouble And, and then what happens right David mentions it is this word loneliness If you're a leader and you have to make a lot of decisions, even if you have a team around you that says, hey, I'm standing by you and I'm gonna support you, if you're that leader that has to make that decision, there's a sense of loneliness that comes from that. when you see the different troubles and the different trials and the distresses that are out there in front of you, boy, that's a hard place to be. And so sometimes when we're on that path, (laughs) it's a really hard path to be on. Uh, another thing that David mentions, uh, this is uh, Psalm 25, verse 22, um, large-scale problems that are so clearly much bigger than you, right? He says, redeem Israel, O God, out of all his troubles. Now, he's putting that in the context of a person, but Israel is the nation, right? It's a nation. Uh, it's the it's the people of God in general, right? And so he's saying, look, um, Israel has all all kinds of troubles, right? Not just one trouble, but lots of troubles. So so that's kind of that deal where there's um, lots of big troubles that are beyond you. The scope of them is beyond you. You know that you can't do anything in and of yourself to fix it. And so sometimes when we're on that path and, and we see these bigger problems that are above us and beyond us, it overwhelms us and it makes each decision more difficult. And it makes the path that we are on all the more confusing. Now, I've got one more uh, piece of, uh, of kind of bad news, and then we'll jump into some good news. Um, so, so stick with me here. Uh, Psalm 25 also talks about one more problem when it comes to our path, and, and that's really just our own sin. It's kind of woven throughout Psalm 25. He mentions it a few different times, but it's, it's strongest in verses 7 and 11. So, so here's the verses. Verse 7, he says, Remember not the sins of my youth or my transgressions. And then if you jump down to verse 11, it says, For your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my guilt, for it is great. David is talking about sin. He's talking about transgressions. He's talking about having a lot of guilt, Uh, meaning he recognizes the sin in his life. He recognizes that sometimes he's not on the right path, (laughs) Uh, that that, that somehow or another he has made a decision that has taken him off God's path and away from God, and and now he's on a path that he doesn't want to be on and he knows he shouldn't be on, and that's led to some problems. Psalm 25 is really helpful because it gives us some language to sort of be thinking about our path. It gives us some language to be honest about, you know, those seasons where troubles pile on top of troubles. It gives us a chance to be honest and be real that we have sin in our life and that sometimes we're not on the right path. But Psalm 25 also offers some help and some good news for us. Uh, Before we get to that good news, I want to go back to our key verse because because we've talked about a whole lot of problems on our path, and and that means that we need a whole lot of solution. And, And luckily, we're in this Advent season, we're coming up to Christmas, where we know that Jesus, Emmanuel, is all kinds of solution for us. Uh, Just listen to those verses again. Oh, come our wisdom from on high, who ordered all things mightily, to us the path of knowledge show, and teach us in her ways to go. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel will come to you. I I hear two things there that are really powerful. Number one, show us the path. And number two, um, a, a certainty that he will come. And both of those are immensely helpful. And Psalm 25 basically says the same thing. Um, uh, Verse 1, this is beautiful, right? Verse 1 of Psalm 25 says this, To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust. So even with all of the problems that he's about to talk about, this is verse 1 all the troubles that are on his heart and on his mind, he's proclaiming and declaring right from the start, I'm not going to look anywhere else except to you and you alone. That's what we did with the kids chat. No matter how many troubles you have, no matter how many problems are in your path, the most important thing is to keep our eyes on Jesus, to be looking for him and which path he's on. The, the second thing uh, to really help us on our path is to, to be considering the character of God. Uh, verse 7 in, uh, in Psalm 25 is so helpful. It just kind of rattles off three things that are so powerful about the character of God. Uh, David says, uh, sorry, this is verses 6 and 7. Um, and, and Chad, if you want to land on verse 6, that would be best. He says, remember your mercy, O Lord, and your steadfast love, for they have been of old. Remember not the sins of my youth or my transgressions. According to your steadfast love, remember me for the sake of your goodness, O Lord. There's three things about the character of God there that are so powerful, right? He talks about mercy. Um, that mercy word is a, is a heartfelt word. It's a word that sometimes is uh, compassion, right? God, remember your compassion. Remember me with your heart. Don't remember my sin. Just remember your heart, your love for me. Oh, God, you've been a God of steadfast love, undying, unchanging, never-ending love. And, and those two things, mercy and steadfast love, those are from of old. <laughs> In other words, um, they've been around a really, really long time, longer than I've been around, longer than any of you have been around, way longer than even the world has been around. Mercy and steadfast love, it's the character of God. And, and he is good. Um, he, he wants to lead us to good places. He, he wants to lead us down a good path. And so look, when, when we find ourselves on the wrong path, <laughs> um, we, we come back to the character of God and we remember his mercy and his steadfast love. Um, when we are, are wondering, am I on the right path? Is this really the path that I want to be on? We, re- we remember that God is good and that he wants to take us to good places. We come back to the character of God. And then the last thing that, that kind of helps us on our path, right? So, so the first thing, right, we want to keep our eyes on Jesus. Second thing, we want to remember the character of God. And then the third thing, right, is we want to just pray, show me your paths, If you go back and read Psalm 25 on your own, you'll see over and over again, the Psalmist is asking God to teach him, to show him, to lead him. So so if we uh, look at uh, just verse four here, right? Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you, I wait all day long. Um, uh, you go to verse 9, he leads the humble, he teaches the humble. Verse 12, um, who is the man who fears the Lord? Him will he instruct. So we just get this language over and over again that, that God is going to teach the ways, the paths that you should be on. Now, that's different than, than how we normally pray. What we normally do is, uh, um, is it okay if I go back to my obstacle course? Just real quick, sorry. Sorry. Um, what we do, right, is we get to the first obstacle and we say, okay, God, tell me what to do. <laughs> and, uh, and we expect God to light up a path. We expect God to, to kind of say, hey, this is the way that I want you to go. And that may or may not happen. But, but what happens is we pray, hey, God, will you show me your paths, plural? Will you teach me your ways, plural? And, and, and God kind of paints a picture, hey, this is what my path looks like. This is what my ways look like. So that when we come up to those forks in the road, when we come up to one of those decisions, one of those 24 decisions in a minute, we can say, oh, this is the path of God. This is the one that, that looks most like God. And so that's the path I'm gonna go down. Uh, for me, I, I, what has helped me to learn the paths of God most is, uh, is just opening this up and reading scripture Uh, this helps me to see what the path of God looks like. The other thing that's most helpful to me in learning the ways and the paths of God is really to have conversation with, with, with particularly for me, other men, older men that I can identify and say, hey, this person, it looks like they're walking on a godly path. It looks like they're walking in a godly way. And so I'm going to Pick their brain. I'm going to have a spiritual conversation with them. I'm going, to, I'm going to learn from them about what it looks like to walk in a godly way on a godly path. Show me your ways, O oh Lord. Um, I, I want to end with just a, I mean, it's a little bit sarcastic, but, but I want to end with a, a moment of confession. I'm always a little bit jealous of, uh, of, of music teams and music leaders. Uh, because I've always said um, that that a song can say so much more in in you know four minutes, that that than I can say in 20, <laughs> and, and uh, people remember songs better. It gets stuck in their heads. I'm looking over at Brittany. Um, uh, you know the songs get stuck in their heads and they remember them, and, uh, and 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 people are able to recall it super quick. I speak for 20 minutes and people forget it five minutes later. Right? Even Psalm 25 is an incredible testimony. I would encourage you, hey, memorize Psalm 25. Right. Just, it gives us some language for our path, and it asks God to teach us his ways. The other option, of course, is to just kind of come back to our key verse for the day, and to let that verse be your prayer today, tomorrow, <laughs> every day this week, and in the days to come. Listen again. O come our wisdom from on high who ordered all things mightily. To us, the path of knowledge show and teach us in her ways to go. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come. It's the great good news that that no matter what path you are on, no matter what path you chose, no matter where your path is going, You've got an Emmanuel who's going to come and lead you, and he's going to lead you to the best possible path that takes you to the best possible place. It's great good news for us in this Advent season. Let's say a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, um, we thank you for being a God who leads, being a God who guides, and um, Uh, We acknowledge and admit that sometimes our path, our road, is hard. Uh, Sometimes we aren't even on the right path. And and, and so we rejoice and we celebrate that you're a God who comes to meet us, that you're a God who desires to be with us, and and that you will lead us and invite us and lead us and invite us and lead us and invite us, And, and that you long to take us to incredible places. And so Jesus, just keep our eyes on you today. Um, show us what your paths look like. <laughs> Help us in each one of those 24 decisions every minute that we have to make. Give us the freedom. Um, give us the joy and give us the celebration of simply following you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.